to ungodly the magical grimoireum. Hi, Bash. Hello, my lovely Avery. How are uh, you? Good. How are you? I am excellent, apart Have- from freezing. But enough being Canadian and complaining about the weather. <laughs> Happy New Year, everyone. <laughs> yes, we made it to 2022, most of us. Oh. <laughs> I got dark. Sorry. <laughs> Darkest time of the year, I guess. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, we uh, we cut our own hair recently. <laughs> if you would, uh, shameless, shameless teaser, if you would like to see our new cuts. Show us by following us um, on our socials. Mm -hmm. Um, That's right. Instagram at un.godly as well as on Facebook. And then Twitter is at under uh, (laughs) underscore godly. Let's let's recap. (laughs) Instagram at un.godly podcast. Same as on Facebook. On Twitter at un underscore godly podcast right right those and if you (laughs) um want a really easy way on your device to rate our podcast but you're not like really sure how to do this um you can go to rate this podcast.com slash ungodly and it'll just show you how on your device um automatically which is super cool yeah brilliant service yeah glad we got through that (laughs) (laughs) All right, so let's uh, get to this, the finale of our story. Um, it'll be a, a two-parter, po- possibly three, but I'm, I'm feeling two. Uh, I think we can make it a two. Yeah. Let's pop into it. <laughs> For a second time in her life, Tatuba was time-traveled away. This time, Mesmer hadn't sent for Blavatsky to do so, as he had mastered teleportation and could take her himself. Tatuba and Mesmer wobbled slightly and looked around the shop room containing a ghostly Blavatsky, the very pale Saint Germain, in an austere-looking Agrippa, the previously fainted Charlotte Lang, and her wise grandmother holding the key. Charlotte, who only recently came to, shouted, for the love of, what is going on now? Moments before, Mrs. Lang was fanning her revived granddaughter and trying to explain to her that neither the jokester St. Germain nor the translucent Blavatsky was a threat. And then, <laughs> Mesmer had transported Agrippa into the room. Then Mesmer, upon hearing Tatuba, <laughs> or rather, the demons summoning him, left to teleport her as well. Introductions are indeed due. I am Saint Germain, the alchemist and creator of Philosopher's Stone, or Eternal Life. This is Tsitsuba. She. No, It's okay, it's okay. We will continue. She must be very, very powerful, as she just summoned the man beside her, Mesmer. She is also a shapeshifter of the wolf type. Addressing Tituba directly, he said, You've been on our radar, Tituba. 
For your magic and ties to the Cardinal and the Con Marie. Tituba gave silent acknowledgement, smiling and bowing her head. Everyone returned the smile except for Agrippa, who looked to be somewhat suspicious. Facing back to Charlotte, Saint Germain continued. Moving on, her travel partners, Franz Anton Mesmer, our delightfully quirky friends skilled at manipulating life essence in the body, or chi as some people call it, and time travel. Saint Germain, motioning to his right, continued. And this is my very old friend, Enric Cornelius Agrippa, the amazing occult writer, etc., etc., etc. Standing next to him is the incredible mystique, Madame Blavatsky. They are a part of the group that we call the Council. Madame Blavatsky, Agrippa, Mrs. Lang, and myself are all members. Charlotte was quite confused. Members of what? What does the Council do? We are the eternal living, well, except for Blavatsky. A long time ago, I asked her to bring me the key in the future. She mastered time travel and teleportation and just continued to come visit us. We found her mystical skills to be very impressive and invited her to be a member, although she had no interest in being immortal. Agrippa broke in, cooing. Honestly, how could we not? Such a fine vibration. Blavatsky gave him a side eye. Yes. <laughs> As Saint Germain said, I do not wish to live forever. I'm now just here for the show, and then, in accordance to my theosophy teachings, my astral body will be slung into Kama Loka or Limbo until it dies and my mental body goes to Vavachan. In a thousand years or so, I will reincarnate. Charlotte, with large, distressed eyes, says, But Grandmother Lang isn't immortal. She, she passed away. Grandmother Lang pats her hand and says, Oh, my dear Charlotte, I'm so sorry. You see, a few years ago, I was approached by our Saint Germain here. He explained he'd learned of the strides I was making with the secret of the golden flower, and how I was on the path to immortality as well. Nodding, Saint Germain chimed in. I have to admit that I've been fading. I see myself aging. Nothing like what I heard about the Cardinal. He must have been using really foul magic, his face melting off and such. Eh, Tituba? But, Charlotte, while I am but an amateur alchemist, your grandmother has mastered alchemy of the soul. 
alongside the body, as well as some incredible metaphysical feats. I knew of the power presented in The Secret of the Golden Flower, but it has been so long since somebody actually reached their potential as your grandmother did. I humbly could not do it. I am a much more frivolous human who's turned lead into gold and has enjoyed turning my aging cells into new so that I could stay around in history, hobnobbing with society's most intriguing personalities. I passed on my knowledge to Agrippa too. Many don't know that I've actually been around long before his decade. Mrs. Lang sighed. Yes, Charlotte. I didn't want to start causing suspicion and confusion as I ceased to age, so I faked my own death. You have my spirit and are open, so I plan to come back to you, to include you. Charlotte, at this point exasperated, threw her arms up and let them fall to her sides. Well, I, um, thank you, Grandma. So you're telling me you're going to live forever and want me what? To be a part of the council? Grandma Lang replied. I will have a long life, but I do not want to live forever. I will share my alchemy with Saint Germain and Agrippa so they can continue as gatekeepers, as this is what they want. If you would like to learn how to achieve enlightenment, I can show you. Oh, well, wow. And what about the guy who keeps popping in here, uh, Mesmer? Why isn't he a part of the council, Grandma? Mesmer, stepping forward, said, I died a long time ago. I'm here from the past. I learned to time travel and got addicted to popping around. I can't stop, or couldn't stop. A deep growl came out of Tatuba, making everyone jump. <sighs> But to be fair, she wasn't in her wolf form. Then she opened her mouth, and the chorus containing a thousand terrible demonic voices emerged. Saint Germain, I've been waiting to meet you. Silly Cardinal thought that I was in service to him because I extended his life. Of course, there was a price of a thousandfold. I told him the Saint Germain could preserve his decaying skin and organs. I was certain Tituba was too strong for the shackles he had placed on her. When she inevitably tore him to bits, I took place in Tituba. Of course, I knew of the gift Mesmer gave the Cardinal, the magnet that could be used to summon Mesmer at any point for time travel. The group stood, stunned, and then Agrippa headed toward Tituba with a violent glint in his eye. I smelled foul garbage as soon as you entered the room. Saint Germain put an arm on his friend's shoulder. Agrippa held himself back, taking a long breath in. <clears throat> Pardonnez mon français, but who the hell are you? What do you want? I prefer the devil. I am the amalgamation of the damned. Astaroth, Asmodeus, Apoch, Belphegor, Belial, 
Agrippa grunted. We don't need the ABCs. Spare us the Peter Binsfield directory and get on with it. I am stronger than ever. I have a proposition for you. The formidable Saint Germain. Take me into you and you can be the ruler alongside me. Saint Germain scoffed. I am a man of fancy, devil, but I can assure you that I never wanted to conquer. I decline your offer. The demon voice shrieked. Fine! I can't have my desired host, so I will infect the unremarkable plebs of the world. There has been enough fear and confusion over the years, making them perfectly susceptible. Through many, I can create my own unit to rule over the rest. Let the possessions begin. The devil within the husk of Tituba ran towards Charlotte. Just in the nick of time, Mesmer grabbed her hand and teleported her away from the shop. <laughs> 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 Almost forgot the most important thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was one hell of a story. <laughs> <laughs> all right, speaking of hell, though, in all seriousness, uh, populated with demons mm-hmm. who seem to be coming up a lot. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I enjoy it very much. So... I noticed that uh, that you mentioned uh, Astaroth, who was also previously mentioned in our story through Agrippa. Uh, so I want to circle back to that. But there's some other ones that were mentioned there that are maybe a little bit less known. Mm-hmm. Um, Apuch, for example, also known as uh, uh the Lord of Death, is a Mayan god, uh, which I found really interesting because they've got a completely different system of... Uh, symbolic association than we tend to think of. Mm. So, for example, we wouldn't necessarily think of a Lord of Death in in our general way of thinking as being associated with a dog. Oh, yeah. But uh, Yung Camille is associated with the dog, uh, the owl, and the moonbird. The moonbird is like this this weird, eerie, semi-mythical bird that was uh, generally evil and, and used to as like a messenger and a spy. Mm-hmm. But we do have, and I, I think it's Pagan, the black dog that's seen as an omen of death. Not that he's a god or anything, true, but he, true. he might be a demon. True. Or, or uh, Cerebus as well, the, mm. the three, three-headed dog guarding the gates of Hades. Yes. Um, Harry Potter, anyone? <laughs> <laughs> uh, another interesting thing about Apuch, uh, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. I can almost guarantee you that I am. But what was very neat about that one when I was doing some research on that was the the only way that you could really defend yourself against an attack from Apuch or Yung Kamil um, is just by like screaming in absolute terror <gasps> and just shrieking, freaking the fuck out. And assumingly, what Yung Kamil would then do is just say like, look, Look, this one's already being attacked by my lesser demons. 
I don't need to waste my time. I can oh. go do better things now. Fascinating. Yeah. Right? So the only time like you like take to like kind of be a wimpy person, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Just play it up and they'll they'll assume that you're suffering sufficiently. <laughs> uh, another one that you mentioned was a uh, Belanos, which is very cool. A uh, Celtic deity of healing. Um generally associated with henbane uh, which I really want to get my hands on and I'm very upset with this one particular company that has not sent a copious amount that I've purchased but you're not allowed to sponsor us no no although I can think of a number of sponsors that would do very well grass life I'm looking at you (laughs) moving on um yeah it's we were talking about alpine uh, folklore and mythology. So it's pretty interesting that you mentioned that one specifically, uh, Belenos. Um, that's where most of the inscriptions uh, relating to him were, were found, was in the Alpine region. Um, but he also seems to have carried over in Slovenian tradition as Belin. Um, Ooh, yeah. in Afrancais, Belin is a whale. Oh, interesting. I have no idea if that relates, but that made me <laughs> have that association. Very interesting. Uh, Belling. Yeah. And uh, it was also known for um, curing blindness, which is very cool. Um, but it's also very interesting because one of the things that the church used to try and squash out the um, the very prevalent use of henbane in pagan ritual was saying that the smoke would cause blindness. Oh, how seedy. Yeah, yeah, pretty peculiar. And I always wondered, like, when we're talking about, like, healing blindness, uh, especially when it comes to lore and everything, whether that should be taken literally or perhaps figuratively. Hmm. You know, curing somebody of their ignorance could be also considered curing them of blindness of a certain sort. Yeah, yeah. Of course, the first thing that comes to mind is Jesus with the blind man and that miracle. Right, yeah. Yes. Um, speaking of Jaibus, <laughs> Chimeris, what you also mentioned, uh, is actually a fallen angel according to the Bible. Um, but is, I think I said that a bit uh, not that way. Samarius uh, is what I might have said. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. It's variable. <laughs> yeah. How is this felt again? Uh, many, many, many ways. Very frustratingly. Um just for more for, often than not with a C, but if you actually go back etymologically, it seems more accurate to start with a K. Oh, okay. And so, sorry, what's the C spelling? Just so everyone can there, sure I, again, there's there's many of them. C Y M R U S. There's C I M E R I E S. There's K I M R I S. There's mm-hmm. a whole bunch. Okay. Um, but yeah, he's he's not just a fallen angel, but also uh, a very powerful marquee in in hell. Uh, and he's responsible for ruling over several spirits of Africa, which is very interesting, as well as also teaching um, the what they call the trivium, uh, grammar, logic, and rhetoric. Hmm. Yeah, um, but it seems because I'm I'm big on etymology and like trying to trace names back and stuff like that. Uh, it seems that it might actually stem from uh, uh, demotic Egyptian Kem uh, or. Uh, meaning like black light, as was mentioned in uh, Blavatsky's The Secret Doctrine. Uh, she was re- she was using that to refer to a particular form of Horus at the time. Oh, uh, or? Uh, O-R? Uh, Kem-or, yeah, O-U-R. 
Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So yeah, uh, just a cool little shout out to all them demons out there. You know, all the kings, marquis, dukes, princes, knights, and presidents, and counts, and earls of hell. Just <laughs> keeping us entertained. Um, but yeah, circling back, as I said I would, to Astroth. Um, I happen to have a nifty little book from Jake Stratton Kent called Goetic Liturgy. And so I just want to read a little bit called The, the Conjuration of Astaroth because it just seems quite suiting. Oh, cool. Now, bear in mind, if you're unfamiliar with these things... Oh, no, now I'm nervous. If you're unfamiliar with these things, uh, it, it's... it's um, how do I put it? It's meant to induce a certain mental state. Just a brief disclaimer for anybody who happens to be concerned about this matter. This is not going to actually invoke or evoke any demons into your home just by listening to it or just by saying it. There's a lot more to it than that. And uh, if you're genuinely curious about it, I suggest you look into it because there's uh, there's a lot of rewarding stuff that can also come from this stuff. It's not all the the spooky kind of thing that we're led to believe. Okay, so this is just an excerpt? Yeah, yeah. It's just a, a brief little excerpt sort of to give people an idea of what it's what it would be like to, to try and actually contact some of these entities. Okay, so just kind of what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Without further ado. Amen. I offer this incense in the name of and to the honor of Astaroth. Do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. I greet you, the powerful chief, Astaroth, and salute you in the name of the Lord of the Eon, Rahurku. I am right pleased that thou hast come in answer to the sacred rites, and ask that thou direct thy spirit, Neberos, whom we conjure to attend our call. In the names of Nuit, Hadit, and of Rahur Kut, so mote it be. Amen. I thank thee, Asroth, for thy powerful assistance. Abide here and share our feast. Oh, interesting. Thank you for that. Um, hmm. uh, yeah, and when you're talking a little bit before, sorry if I looked a little distracted, you had mentioned Kam Ur, and I was just trying to think of the um, place that Blavatsky refers to as Limbo, who reminded me of that word, right. Kamaloka. Yeah. <laughs> Because I never got to do my Kalimocho joke, so <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> I was interested. <laughs> but um, yeah, Besh introduced me to Kalimochos, which I had the hardest time forever saying. It's um, Coke uh, and wine put together, red wine. It's so delicious. And recently we discovered that putting Malibu in as well is fantastic. So even like saying... Kamaloko, while I was reading, reminded me of a delicious Kalimocho. <laughs> <laughs> and with that said, we advocate enjoying responsibly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, looks like we've got a couple of loose ends to tie up in the next part of this. 
there's a demonic pandemic, or as your joke, a pandemonium. <laughs> and I swear, I swear that's not because of the other Jake Stratton Kent book. That's just another thing. Moving on. So we need to uh, figure out what's going on with the Con Marie. He was mentioned, but not present. So we got to get that figured out. We get to hear a bit of an origin story, you know. And um, we also hinted that he, the ghost of Edmonton slash Con Marie, might save the day. Mm, let's hope. Let's hope. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lest the whole world become possessed. <laughs> and um, this isn't a spoiler or anything, but... Um, just to, to create some context, um, Blavatsky is really good at kind of uh, seeing. And she's pretty much the one who kind of told everyone that this would occur. She didn't know all of the details. As with any sort of um, psychic ability, people joke like, oh, okay, well, then what's the next lottery number? Mm-hmm. But you can't exactly see everything. So there are holes. So of course, she misses stuff too. She didn't know that Tatuba had arrived possessed. Right. She just knew that there was going to be um, a demonic plague. Right. And why would she suspect that from you know somebody that she had essentially set out to help? Yep. <laughs> I was just kind of thinking about it. Um, you mean to help Tatuba? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, because she's the one who time, that's right, she time traveled her from Massachusetts during the witch trials uh, away into supposed safety with the Cardinal. Right. Which, in hindsight, maybe not the best choice, but, uh, you know, don't go to Blavatsky, go to Expedia or something to plan your travel instead. (laughs) Oh my god, I want to travel so bad. Oh yeah, speaking of which, Sweden, if you, or Switzerland, or, well, hell, we'll take anywhere that's slightly warmer than minus 40 at this point, (laughs) we're we're, we're willing to be sponsored and... You know, take up residence. It'd be great. That'd be the dream to write somewhere beautiful and different. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we're just, as everyone is, really feeling the being stuck in one place. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But stay strong out there. Um, You know, there's other realms to explore within ourselves, I guess. (laughs) That's what I keep saying to myself. No, it's true. Travel doesn't always have to happen physically. And that's another good thing to point to Blavatsky for, so. Yeah. No, that's totally right. I think, actually, we started the show um, talking a bit about time travel, like, in one of our first two episodes. Mm -hmm. And there was um, an article in, uh, I don't know, sorry, I can't remember, but uh, about this man who was actually uh, teaching courses on time travel, and it was kind of a big thing at the start of, the pandemic because you mean astral travel specifically sorry yes astral travel because people were getting very antsy um so yeah it's it's true you could take up something like that yeah yeah never underestimate the power of meditation it can take you places and maybe mushrooms (laughs) yes (laughs) in my case definitely (laughs) mushrooms but again i want to be where it's warmer yes 
Yep. Yep, definitely. Um, we have a really interesting climate here in Edmonton, Canada, because we had a summer where it was like, it felt like plus 40 at one point, maybe it, was yeah, plus 40. Yeah. Was it actually plus 40 yeah. degrees Celsius? Uh, well, I was plus 39.8, but okay, so at that point, who cares? 40, 49? 39.8. Oh, okay. Okay. So I think... Is that like 98 degrees Fahrenheit maybe? Something oh, that's... Like, it's really hot. It's a fair bit warmer, yeah. Um, yeah, and then we go to minus 40 degrees Celsius the other way in the wintertime. Um, so like when I walk to work, I actually have icicles in my eyelashes. I can see yeah. the white. Um, it's kind of a cool look on everyone, but <laughs> frick, it's cold. I was talking to some friends online today, and they were talking about how they've never experienced negative temperatures, and I was just freaking mind blown and so are they at the current minus 34 here so yeah Um, different worlds worlds. (laughs) (laughs) but yeah anyway again we would so love to hear from any of you um i noticed we have a couple new instagram followers i'm not sure about twitter you do that besh but um yeah yeah. i'm gonna be honest folks i've kind of been slacking on our twitter page so i'll get back on that now (laughs) that it's been cast in the light (laughs) Um, And on Facebook, we actually have a private group called The Safe. Um, Mm, We haven't really, uh, anyone hasn't really taken advantage quite of that uh, yet, but um, We must promote and promulgate. Yeah, and it's um, actually um, anonymous, or not, that's not the right word. It's a a private group, so only people who are in the group can see you're in there, um, and it's just a place for discussion about these sort of topics. So if you're um, still in the broom closet, you're welcome to stay safe there. Yeah, please. Or send us a message. We just want to know um, how we're doing and what you guys are interested in. And just to like know who's listening, it's just nice to kind of create a little bit of a community. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also really cool that we get to have a worldwide community. Yes. Yeah. And we have um, a season two coming up. Yes, we do. Yeah. And we were talking the other day and we would love to hear some stories of the weird things that happen to people um, in life that might be of the paranormal variety. Mm -hmm. Um, And really, you can take that as loosely as you want it to mean. Um, We're not sticking to just ghosts here. So tell us about all your jots. Yeah, Yeah. please. Anything like that. yeah, just give us a message on social media. Uh, yep, at we're ungodly podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did the socials already, but uh, we'll just recap one more time because we kind of flubbed it a little bit. Instagram <laughs> at ungodly podcast, same deal on Facebook uh, and on Twitter at un underscore godly podcast, and that's us. Yeehaw! <laughs> I can say that we have Calgary in our province. <laughs> Very Western. Uh, just as convincing as the premiere putting on cowboy boots. Did you just say premiere? Yes. I mean, that is how you say it en français, but everyone that's, that's English speaking says premiere. No, it's premiere. That's, that's. Oh my goodness. It's the name of the office. Okay. The name of the douchebag in the office. <laughs> Adios, folks. Take care. Au revoir. Arrivederci. <laughs> I don't know.